Hi, welcome to the Composed Living Podcast with Elsa Elbert. I'm your host, Elsa, and today's guest is Laura Beatrice Carrillo, also known as the Feng Shui Lady. If you're already familiar with Composed Living, then you know I love Feng Shui, and we always implement some basic Feng Shui practices into clients' homes through our organizing process. I'm so excited to have Laura on the podcast today to dive deeper into this fascinating topic and share some really easy tips with you. I always believe that you can implement feng shui changes in your home using things you already own or simply shifting things around for a better flow. Laura is a renowned expert in this field and makes understanding and implementing feng shui so easy. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Welcome, Laura. Welcome, Laura, to the Composed Living with Elsa Elbert, That's Me podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy that you're here. I think, you know, you know how interested I am in feng shui and and all of the services that you provide. So we've already had so many conversations on this subject, and now I'm happy to share some of it with our listeners. Yay! (laughs) Uh, Do you want to maybe just give us a little bit of your sort of like intro background? Sure. Uh, And then... We'll see where the comes. Okay, so I literally trademarked the feng shui lady, so I am officially the feng shui lady. So fun. And I've been doing this work for over a decade. I actually, when I first moved to LA, I wasn't a feng shui consultant, and I had a very powerful experience with feng shui, and I hired someone, and um, it was such a powerful experience that it changed my whole trajectory and changed my world view. Um, and even though I didn't become a feng shui consultant immediately after that experience within a year, um, I had like a medical crisis or I'll just say a medical crisis. And when I recovered from it, I was like, it's, I want to do what I want to do. Like if not now, then when? And so I had a different job at the time, but, um, I took my money, my bonus money and I went to feng shui school with it. And then yeah, and then I quit so a high-paying job and a down economy to become the feng shui lady. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Yep, yep. I love when people are like, oh my gosh, you can make like unlimited money with your own business and all the things. I'm like, or you can leave a six-figure paying job mm-hmm. and then like work 10 times harder than you ever thought imaginable to barely make ends meet. It's amazing. But I did it for the Not love that, of it, know. you know, and it was like, but I was slightly delusional about how long it would take to really like yeah. <laughs> build it up. I am just so. laughing because I feel like that's how my first year in business was too. Like going into it, I was like, oh my gosh. Right now, I'm only making X number of dollars, but if I work for myself, I could do this. And, like, I didn't realize all the overhead expenses Mm -hmm. of, like, insurance and workers' comp and, like, payroll taxes and website fee, like, just on and on and on and on to where you're like, oh. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But I need to do something different. Uh, But we learn and we grow and we adapt, and now it's wonderful to have a thriving business and do what we love. Absolutely. I mean, I, my worst day as a feng shui lady is still better than my best day when I was in the corporate world at a soul killing job, you know, and I'm sure you would agree. Absolutely. A day like today is funny because, um, well, right before we started recording this, I was just saying the energy of today feels really gross. Yeah. We, we, everybody (laughs) in the room is like, yeah, what's going on? (laughs) I'm going to see astrology. (laughs) When Adriana walked in to come help me set up, but I was like, if I could just not have done anything today, I would have done that because I'm just like, I just feel so like 
I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. but everyone I talked to, like, you had a car situation today. Adriana yeah. had two car situation today. It's like, there's a weird, funky vibe vibe that is floating around. So I'm trying to just remind myself that it's not me. Well, <laughs> it's, you know. Okay. Also, there's so much going on. And it's all about navigating. In fact, like, you know, we can start getting into this. Like, what is feng shui? Yeah. Well, it's about having a relationship with your environment. And how we respond to what's going on around us. And like I was telling you, like I got rear-ended on my way here. (laughs) Um, I could, you know, see there's lots of ways to look at that symbolically and whatnot. But I'm okay. My car's okay. Yeah. And nothing, you know, like it, I just think it was just like a tap, like the universe like, hello. Wake up. I'm not exactly sure yet. I still need to integrate what the message was, but everything's okay. And, but at the same time, we have to appreciate that at any moment. Everything can change. Yep. And also it could be the woman who hit you. Maybe she needed she was a actually very really gentle sweet. reminder of like, pay attention, pay attention while you're driving. Yeah. Like next time it could be more serious than this. Yeah. Um, but I'm so glad that you're okay. As everyone I think can empathize, it's not fun to have anything happen to your car. I think it's something everyone dreads. <laughs> I know. And you can actually feng shui your car too. But um, I was thinking, well, maybe I need to sage it or something. Yeah. <laughs> Might be time. Oh, um, but, you know, in regards to feng shui, one of the things I really want to share with your audience uh, is that it's not an event it's an actual lifestyle. So it's about having a relationship with your environment and that's always happening. And it's not just happening in your home. Yeah. It's happening in your car. It's happening right here. It's happening everywhere you go because you're always in relationship with your environment. Of course. People just think of it as like something that's going on at home. Yeah. Or you do it like once and done. No, it, it's, it's ever evolving as you are evolving. Your space should be evolving with you. Yeah. hundred percent. We talk about that often with our clients and probably have already on this podcast, uh, that it's the same for organizing. It's a practice. It's a routine. It's a habit that you build that you will maintain for the rest of your life. It's not something that you just do once, but it is a practice that you can build upon. Yes. So once your home is organized, you can organize your car, you can organize your life, your goals, your vision for your own future. Uh, and it's really just about learning that fundamental skill set so that you can apply it to every other area of your life. And I think that's very similar to feng shui. Exactly. And the two go... They're uh, symbiotic. I mean, I it's like, yeah, you can't have... <laughs> well, they just really exist together, you know? Even I think intuitively, a lot of like interior designers and organizers would apply a lot of those feng shui principles just based on like what feels right. And we probably tend to feel a space more so than people in other industries. Absolutely. Um, but I will say what you do is it's like a precursor to feng shui. It's not feng shui, but it's good feng shui, if that yeah. makes any sense. Oh yeah. Um, the decluttering part. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I can't really do my job if someone hasn't done what you do, you yeah. know, because I'm not going to come in there and clean somebody's house. Like I can't that's not my job. My job is to curate the space and align it with their ideal personal narrative, if that makes sense. I'm like literally yeah. storyboarding. If you have a lot of creatives out there, this might, you know, make sense to them. Um, I called my business narrative space because from a feng shui perspective, your home is literally mirroring 
your story. And you can edit that story. You can write a whole new chapter or a whole new book, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think of all of the, um, you know, metaphor, symbolism, all that stuff, all the literary terms apply here. So when you're looking at your home and you don't like your story, then maybe you should look around and see what story you're telling about yourself. And a mm -hmm. lot of that can be seen in the art. It can be seen in the colors that you use. It can be seen in how comfortable your home is. Is it, is it soft and, and, you know, cushy or is it like angular and hard and cold, like mm -hmm. yang, too yang or too yin or, you know, all of those things. That's so, I totally agree with that. And I think I love the way that you chose the naming of your business. It's so intentional. Uh, and this is probably why I don't love modern homes. Yeah, me neither. It's like I walk in and I'm like, oh, it's so cold. Like, I don't want this but to be But they can be the softened with the decor. I but I hear what you're saying. Yeah. They're but not in my general, favorite. Like, yeah. It's not what I see myself living in. Uh yeah. And I just like, it's just not for me. I would rather live in like a traditional, like a Spanish yes. old world kind of a home. I love like 1920s mm -hmm. Spanish. Yeah. California um, has really beautiful architecture, especially Los Angeles, Santa mm -hmm. Barbara. Uh, but even like traveling through like Italy, like all of like old oh European villas and things. I'm like, this is my, this the is architecture my <laughs> is, is stunning. Yeah. But all it's like the plaster on the walls, like the way they age so beautifully. The tile that they use. Mm -hmm. I mean, so all much of attention it. to detail and so much creativity that is going into those spaces. And I think that's really what I'm drawn to more but also then it's like the building itself has such an interesting story mm -hmm. and I love being like the caretaker of that story for the time period that we're living in the space yeah I mean I'm looking at so many different things when I'm looking at a the feng shui of a home I mean I'm looking at obviously placement uh, everybody kind of gets that from feng shui but I'm also looking at the numerology and love the this. individual's personal numerology and how it aligns because some people will have karma with a certain number if it's missing in their name if they move into say i did this <laughs> i moved into a four home which a in in feng shui four rhymes with death and or in chinese basically mm -hmm. um so it's got like kind of bad juju in that but it, but numerologically a four isn't necessarily is not a bad number it's it's organization it's hard work it's like a sturdy you know um, it's not the sexiest number, but it's not necessarily a bad number. But in my case, because I don't have a four in my name, it activated uh, any um, challenges that uh, that come with four energy. And so, I was, and you know, and that was part of the experience I had when I moved first moved to LA and mm -hmm. became the feng shui lady and all that. I, I saw my story in this space. I was like, oh, interesting. It, while it wasn't death, a literal death that happened it was a the end of a chapter of my life so you can look at what's yeah. going on in the home symbolically to what's going on with you but the but back to what i look for i'm looking at the numerology i'm looking at the floor plan most importantly like a <laughs> part one because the floor plan depending on the shape of it mm -hmm. tells you if there's something missing and ideally you want either a full or a complete square or rectangle anything unusual 
like an L shape or, mm-hmm. you know, triangular would t- be terrible. Like anything you that's have a lot of missing. Yeah. Then, then, then something's at a deficit. Like there's an area of opportunity there and there's lots of what, and it's not the end of the world. There's lots of ways to cure that, but it's going to be part of your story. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason you're there perhaps because you need to work on that or, and, or focus on other aspects of your life during that chapter of your life. Have you found that people are drawn to those spaces subconsciously? I think wherever you are, you're there for a reason. I don't think there's anything accidental about where you end up. I think for me, when I moved into that first LA apartment, that was a four. It was also an L shape, L for Laura, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but, but also an L shape. It was missing my career gua and I moved to LA for my career. Mm -hmm. So that's a little foreshadowing right there. Um, but, but I, in hindsight, it helped you to transition into what is now your career. Yeah, I was in the wrong career. Yeah. So the universe was like, we're going to put you in a end of death of a chapter, no career. You're going to focus on something totally different. And yeah, that's when which I... Which was exactly what you needed. Yeah, yeah. So I... Even, oh, and this is the lesson here too. This, I do want to share this with everybody. Even if you have bad feng shui, there's a, there's a blessing in that. Like there, mm-hmm. you didn't get put there accidentally. Um, the point of feng shui is to navigate through that to the next logical chapter. Mm-hmm. It's not the end of the world. It's where you are right now. And then how are you going to respond to that and make those like course adjustments to get back on track? What would you say talking about the layout of a house? If there was like one thing that you could tell people to just stay away from, if possible, is there such a thing? L shapes. L shapes. That's like the worst. Any in your weird mind. shape. Just like if you can avoid like you don't that. Want to live in a round house. If, yeah, you don't want to live in a round house, triangular house, L shaped house, or, or anything with major jutting out. Like there's a lot of these garage houses where the garage Sticks juts out, out and mm-hmm. whatever. But you know, if you have a yard, there's there's fixes. But it's just like if you can avoid it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the so, ideal is a square rectangular yes, shape. Yes, yes. No funny business. Exactly. <laughs> I think this house is square. Well, it kind of goes in. I guess yeah. the garage does stick out a little bit farther than it, the front but, window. But it, if it's not a lot, there's easy fixes I can yeah. I can show you. There's there's you can do trigrams. You can you can plant crystals in the ground outside yeah. to square it off. There's a lot of different well, again, plants. The whole front yard's coming up eventually, so we'll, yeah. we'll put something in that front right corner. <laughs> there's a cure for everything. However, it does become part of your story. You're still working at somewhat of a deficit, and it's something to be aware of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember one of my first interactions with feng shui. I've always had a very serious interest in sort of like all things Eastern philosophy. Um, It was my major in undergrad. (laughs) It was, you know, I thought I was going to graduate from philosophy and get a master's in traditional Chinese medicine. Oh, wow. You went in a very different direction. Uh, And so I've always had that as like a more than an interest, Mm. but not quite like a hobby, right? Just sort of like something that I integrate into my life in a way that resonates for me personally. Um, and certainly not something that I would like teach to other people, right? Like I don't want to teach feng shui to others because it's like, that's not, there's people like you who have done so much more studying and work in this field, um, that I love that we can collaborate in that way. Uh, but when we bought our first house, Chad and I, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna feng shui this place. Like I want to actually like sit and take some time and draw out the blueprint and do all of the things. And 
the kids got so into it with me. They were like, what are you doing? Cause I had papers like all over our dining table. <laughs> I was like color coordinating things and like, you know, putting like what elements are going in each yeah, square just yeah. so I could really sort of conceptualize what each part of the home should have. And we were missing, um, like the self, um, the one that's like wisdom uh, self-cultivation, self-cultivation, wisdom, self-cultivation, yeah. Um, or knowledge and self-cultivation. Yeah. Yeah. And so I found like, you know, a cure for that to sort of like anchor it on the outside corner. And, um, but I realized this was also sort of in like the beginning phases of composed living. I was still working full time at -hmm. another job. Uh, and just career didn't feel great. I hated the job that I was at. That's no surprise. I think this is like probably how most people's turning point starts when they switch careers altogether. Yep. Uh, but also composed living, like, you know, it also, in hindsight, probably I wasn't giving it enough attention and the universe also isn't like if you're playing both sides of the fence, you got to pick a lane. Yeah. You have to pick a lane and so then sometimes it'll do it know, for you and then figure out your path. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sometimes it'll do it for you. So I was fortunate enough to make my own decision there, but I realized that in my career section of the house was the only spot in the entire house where I had photographs of a person who has had like the worst career or lack of career imaginable who I'm not going to share um oh because I can't it's but yeah it's not it's not a stranger okay got it and I looked at that and I was like that maybe it was like a famous person or something the career (laughs) yeah 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 that I want to model no And so I was like, that's it. This is our starting point. We're going to just take everything out of this space and we're going to start over with the intention. I was like, you know, okay, on these bookshelves now, it's going to be like authors who have thriving careers that I would want to emulate or like, you know, change the imagery to be things that remind me of someone who, uh, who has a career that I would like to model. Absolutely. And then everything took off. From there, I left working at the place that I did not enjoy and devoted all of my time full-time to Composed Living, and it's been so much more fun and successful since. But that really was like my first big, impactful feng shui moment. Right. And just to mirror that, um, when I go back to you know that first apartment here in L.A., that had no career gua and I moved here for my career. They basically moved from San Francisco. I transferred to LA beautiful apartment, by the way. So it's not just about the aesthetics. Mm-hmm. It was a beautiful, like 1920 Spanish, you know, like my yeah. favorite style. It was on a really nice street. I don't know if you know of Sweetser, some mm-hmm. West, Hollywood. West Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. You could, walking neighborhood, yeah. restaurants, bars, grocery stores, all the things. Um, great apartment perhaps the prettiest apartment i've lived in um and i was making good money at the time i took it sight unseen like based on the pictures because i knew the neighborhood mm-hmm. um and i was like i my parents live in orange County. i had my dad I'm like dad go get that apartment you know like mm-hmm. and i will be there in two weeks whatever um where were you coming from san francisco okay so i drove you know with all my furniture and all this stuff yeah. and i moved again sight unseen i hadn't seen the floor plan i wasn't the feng shui lady at the time yeah. i had read tons of books and i was a feng shui enthusiast mm-hmm. and and i can speak to that as a feng shui enthusiast like anyway i'll get to that but um so i i moved into the apartment 
realized it was a four. I was like, okay, the numerology is not great, but I didn't know about the the fact that I didn't have a four in my thing, but I did know about the death thing. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's not a very sexy number, but whatever. Um, then the L shape. And then I was like, oh, I don't know how to fix that. And there's no career. Gua. So I did hire a professional. Yeah. And the first thing that she did, I was, I had a home office at the time because I was in outside sales and I still have a home office, by the way, yes. uh, <laughs> always have a home office. So, and my, my home office was in the love gua and she was like, you need to move that immediately. And I'm like, why? There was nothing in the books about this, by the yeah. way. So this is why there's so much information that's you're not going to find in books. Mm-hmm. Um, and because a lot of feng shui information is also handed down orally. Like there's yeah. just a lot. It's there's... a long tradition. Indeed. And I, I've noticed that in my and own there's different research, schools. And I'll find conflicting information Absolutely. based on where it's coming from. Yep. Yeah. It's pretty hard to, yeah. to nail down. And I would say with the different schools, all roads lead to Rome, but you need to figure out which road is yours. Mm-hmm. You know, and I practice forum school, which is a very, um, it's actually the least dogmatic and it's the original school of feng shui before we got into like compass and flying star and all these other things mm-hmm. that are a little bit more dogmatic. Um, it's a lot easier to apply in Western culture as well. Cause you don't have to like sleep in a different room than your husband because he's got a different qua number or, or yeah. move your front door every year or whatever, you know, like it, it's just, it. You, I treat the space as its own universe based on the architectural entrance and apply the Bagua like that. But anyway, where, what was I just saying before I went off on the tangent um, about, oh, so anyway, so yeah, so Hiring she said to move, move, it. move yes. your desk and I did, I did everything she told me. I was so excited, yeah. you know, cause I was, I loved feng shui. Like I just was so enthusiastic and I love that you did it like immediately. The caveat that I have to warn people about is like when you do feng shui, things are going to change. You're changing the energy. Yeah. And sometimes things change in so ways that like you spill. wouldn't have <laughs> expected or you weren't trying to change it in that way. But whatever change happens, it's probably for the best, but it may not look like that on the face of it at the beginning. So what happened is six days after I moved the desk, I got laid off from that job that just had me pick up my whole life and moved from San Francisco to Los Angeles. I was like, (laughs) and, but the blessing in it was that I didn't love that job. Yeah. I didn't even like that job, but paid well. And that's why I did it. Um, I got a six month sever. We feng shui the place so well and balance the energies to the best that you can when you have a deficit. Um, so I had a six month severance, uh, and it was a high paying job. And then I had unemployment and my family was super supportive. And so I did live in that apartment for another year, for a year. And the entire time I looked for a job, nothing. Mm-hmm. As soon as I let go of that apartment, I had a job like that. So I'm just telling you that was part yeah. of the, part of the story. That said, what I worked on that year, that's when I, um, you know, became, I was studying Buddhism. I became a vegetarian. I, um, you know, was just doing other things. I was self-cultivating and I was making friends and I was, you know, I was looking for work. Don't get me wrong. But like, there was something about that space that just, that's not why I was there. I was there to focus on other things. And, um, so it was a blessing in disguise and everything was fine. I just didn't have a career during that time. And when I moved, I was like, I'm a feng shui the heck out of this place. Yeah. And I, I probably shouldn't swear on this thing. I'm like, I want to say no, other fine. things. I but... curse like a sailor. <laughs> But I, I was, you know, so I feng shui as best I could. And then I called the feng shui consultant again and she came and she's like, 
you got this girl, you know, you should go to school for this. And she sort of encouraged me and I was like, oh, you know, whatever, maybe. And then that's when the the medical emergency thing that I told you about, Mm -hmm. I had to have like a pretty serious surgery. And the job that I'd taken paid well, had great insurance, which is kind of like, again, a blessing because I used, you know, that job Mm -hmm. and the bonus money and whatever. I had this major surgery um, and, you know, pretty, you know, dramatic recovery time. Um, and when I recovered, I was like, I'm going to do what I want. And I took my bonus money. And like I said earlier, became the feng shui lady, but all of that was, that was my journey, you know? And some people might say, Oh, you know, the, the feng shui person ruined your, I'm like, no, the change was necessary. Like, but that's why I say before you judge the change, watch what really get dig dig a little deeper and see if it's not really a blessing. Yeah. It's so interesting. Just this morning, uh, I have a client who has a company called Manifestation Babe. Mm-hmm. And I like that name. Yeah. She's great. <laughs> Her name's Catherine. Uh, there. Yeah. So anyway, she just started a new, I love trying, I try to participate in as many things as she offers, but Um, I can't always do all of the workshops and events and things, but the ones that I have done, I just love the work that she does. It's really just coaching around manifesting Mm -hmm. in your life. Uh, Anyway, now she has this new thing where you can sign up for text messages and you get one text message every morning. And so the message this morning was, I am comfortable being uncomfortable. Uh Uh-huh. I think, yeah, that's basically the gist of it. There's a little bit more explanation around it. But I read it and was like, yeah, I mean, this is so relevant. Like all change is going to cause a little bit of discomfort or those moments it's before contrast, you have. You know, it's like that yeah. whole law of attraction thing, which is actually one of the things I wanted to talk about today was the different kinds of luck that we have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with her, the manifesting, because feng shui is, you know, it's, it's an earth science. It's over 5,000 years old. It's about having a relationship with your environment. But at the end of the day, it's a manifesting tool mm-hmm. that people, you know, often just don't even consider. And it's in that, it was actually, there was a feng shui person in the film, Law of Attraction. Um, Esther Hicks talks about, you know, mm-hmm. your environment, all that stuff. But it's the one, so there's three different kinds of luck that we talk about in feng shui. There's um, human luck. Uh, there's spiritual luck. And there's um, earthly luck, earth luck. So the spiritual luck, you don't have that much control. It's like your destiny, astrology plays into it. You can at least monitor it a little bit, like see what windows of opportunity mm-hmm. there are. But you don't have the complete agency over that. You just can be aware of it. Um, human luck is your attitude. You know, like that's something you have agency over which is a great manifesting tool, like having, having a positive attitude, having, you know, being able to pivot, being able to see the blessing, yeah. you know, the silver lining in any situation, whether it seems negative on the face of it, it's usually just a detour because you were going in the wrong direction, mm-hmm. you know? So the, if you can look at everything, if you just change your perspective, it changes everything. Um, and so that's something you have agency over. That's 33.3% of your luck. The, the you know, divine spiritual luck, whatever, is also 33.3% mm-hmm. of your luck. And then there's earthly luck. And that's where feng shui comes in. That's like the things that you do. 
mm-hmm. that are tangible, that you have agency over. So the okay. feng shui of it is something 33.3% of your luck that people aren't even tapping into most of the time. So what's another example of earthly luck? outside of feng shui um like doing self-cultivation taking care of yourself working out taking actionable steps yes to alter the course of your existence doing the work compared to human luck which is more your attitude energy and your energy around it attitude and energy kind of go hand in hand but um yeah, sometimes people aren't aware of how negative they are and mm-hmm. how much they're creating their circumstances, you know? Yeah. And I'm still learning myself, you know, like every day I'm like, okay. Um, but I realize that my attitude about the circumstance change, like transforms the situation. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, and I think it also gives us different opportunities based on what your attitude is. You know, if mm-hmm. you're going through life only looking for a negative outcome, you will find it. If you're see, looking for negativity, yeah. you will find it, baby. You will absolutely <laughs> find a negative outcome. I think this is really magnified now that social media is ever present in everyone's lives. Yeah. It's, you know, what are you seeking out on the internet or on all of the channels that you follow? Like I spend a good amount of time every, I had to stop looking at my, like where my time goes on the mm, cell phone. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's alarming and I can't possibly be true. Uh, but it is. <laughs> and you know, I deliberately choose to only follow people who I think are like, for lack of a better phrase, like high vibe individuals, yeah. right? Like I don't want to open my phone and be bombarded with negative attitudes with people whose outlook on life is very pessimistic. I want people who, you know, are intelligent and they're educating themselves and they're, you know, open to accepting all of humanity. And, and if I woke up and watched like, you know, the news coming from like the super conservative, what I would just be so bummed out all the time. And so it's like, it's, you know, trying to curate that balance of like, I want to be informed, but I also don't want to like only seek out things that are really negative and heavy. Agreed. I think, you know, what you're consuming energetically through the media that you take in, you know, needs to be curated to what is, what is of importance to you and what is it, is the only question isn't, is it true? It's, is it helpful? And is there Mm -hmm. anything I can do about it? Yeah. Some things can be true, but not useful or helpful. And there are other things that are also true that might be more worth your attention. Yeah. I mean, I think I have probably a handful of people in my like close inner circle who really only consume the negative. I can't. And it's so apparent in the way that they live their lives. And, and view also the world. in the luck opportunities. Yeah, that's right? that's that whole, and you know, it's human luck. Hard. It's really hard to watch because you know that there are probably some fixes that are within their control, but you cannot, you know, force someone to change their viewpoint on the world. To yeah, you can't the talk to The specifics of this like, conversation, I can't convince someone to utilize their human and earth luck opportunities to a better extent. If they're not open to that, like people meet you where they are. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 
it's uh, the best that you can do in those situations is to, to be an example, but you can't really, you know, if, if they're not interested in that perspective and they're yeah. not willing, open to it, it's not your problem. It's hard because I think I'm also extremely susceptible to physically experiencing other people's energies. I, I hear you. And that just makes it so, di- I'm also, I'm like a solutions oriented person. Yes. That's why I, I love believe sure. in taking action. Yes. <laughs> if there, and that does not mean I don't have my bad days. I mean, today I didn't want to do shit all day because I don't know why. I couldn't even put my finger on it's it. It's the astrology. <laughs> I don't want to do anything. I definitely throw an emotional tantrum from time to time. Uh, but I think that I have enough life experience to learn what I need to like self-correct. Sure. And I can see based on my past experiences and on trying to continually work on myself where I'm falling short with how, especially with my human luck, right? That's my yeah. attitude. Yeah. I know when I have a bad attitude is my point. Yeah. And, and, and I'm constantly, yeah. and we, we just have to keep like correcting or editing or pivoting, pivoting, yeah. I think is the best word. Um, and you catch yourself and then you're like, okay, all right. And one of the things that I love when I like listen to, you know, the law of attraction stuff is, um, and I'm referring to Esther Hicks in particular, mm-hmm. is how she... We'll put her in the show notes. I think she's such a great resource absolutely. for people to just be familiar with. Absolutely. She's got lots of great YouTube mm-hmm. content, too. It's free. Um, but is how if you're, something is upsetting you, she'll say, you know, instead of giving that momentum, because, like, you can't really... Once you, once something upsets you and gives you momentum, just focus on something that you are that you are happy about. Or something, like, I don't know, it could be kittens and bunnies. I don't care. Yeah. But focus on something you are excited about. The new dress you got, whatever. It could be super frivolous. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But it will change your energy. And you just have to find the easiest thing that's going to, like, light you up quickly. Like, maybe it's, you know, a delicious piece of chocolate. I don't know. Yeah. But find it. It's funny. In my mind, I filled in the blank as you were saying that. And I was like, please say pizza. Please say pizza. (laughs) Chocolate. Chocolate's fine, too. I'm trying to stay away from carbs right now. I'm I'm, I'm I'm working on... That's fine. I will double down on all the carbs. I will eat your portion. (laughs) Go for it. Uh, I listened to, I think, maybe a podcast of Esther Hicks. Or maybe she also has, like, free content on streaming platforms. She has a ton of content on streaming content. And Um, she does tons of interviews and... yeah. Yeah. All the time. So at some point I heard her talk about gratitude and the way that that changed being the fastest way to change your energy. And she had suggested going out for a walk and just like out loud verbalizing all the things that you're thankful for. And I still to this day use this practice one because I find it to be hilarious. And when I'm laughing, I'm in a much better mood than when I'm not. And because I'm truly grateful for like these silly things, but we don't often take the time to say them out loud, you know? And so going for a walk at any moment in time, will be like, I'm so thankful for this tree or this flower, or like there's the weirdest thing around the corner from here where it's like, it's metal on the sidewalk. I don't know what it used to be. It looks like it was like sawed off, Okay. but it makes the shape of Cookie Monster's face exactly. What? It's the weirdest thing. Okay. And every single time I walk past it, I'm like, you see cookie that. monster. And I'm like, so grateful for whatever person. Like, put That's this like weird when people, thing when people see stuff in the clouds, it's like, is it there? Yeah. Is it, yeah, or am sure. I just seeing it's, it? But yeah. like, either way, it's so fun. Exactly. Um, I yeah, just... I think it's the cutest, but it really is such a fun 
and very quick way of turning around your own sort of negativity. I have found that at least with the people in my life, when I try to do that to them, when they're in a bad mood, it's not well received. No, misery <laughs> loves company. Yeah. And I've, you know, I've had to like look around at some of the, you know, there's certain people that like, I'll always, you know, I'll hold space for people that I care about, but like, I might not give as much energy if they can, if they can't, if we can't pivot, mm-hmm. if they can't see, you know, if, if me trying to cheer them up is going to be like this thing, well, like, no, I want to focus on the negativity. I'm like, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. You do you then I'll be over here doing, do? doing my own thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's something I'm learning how to balance at this stage of my life is really just, Puppies are crying. Uh, I know Pip is outside the door. If you can hear her on this recording. Uh, it's not because she wants to hang out with us, which is usually oh, the case. Oh, because you say, let's just let her it's in. She could be she so much can fun. See lizards outside. Oh, and she wants to go outside and chase them. Oh, because is Peppa the little one or Pip, the? Yeah. She's oh the my god. One. Pip like a pipsqueak. Uh, Barkley does not care at all about chasing anything outside. He just would be happy to like sunbathe or like take a nap somewhere. Your but little chi enhancers. Yeah. You know, the animals are like <laughs> activating. They're so funny. Yeah. Well, Barkley brings the like calming energy. He's also very protective. So he will like patrol the perimeter. He's the one who like sits by the front door. Nice. Um, he's the one who loudly announces people when they ring the doorbell. And is Pip and Pip a girl? Is, yeah. She's just like the love, Aww. the little ball of pure joy and so fun. So you got a little yin yang energy. <laughs> yeah. Literally. And, and the, the yang one is white <laughs> and the yin one is black. Yeah. So, yeah. They're so cute. And you have two new kittens. I just got two kittens. So sweet. And, you know, my cat passed. Mm-hmm. I, I had a cat for 16 years and she was a female cat. Her name was Lola. And she was super zen and beautiful. And, um, and honestly, she got me through COVID. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love cats. So, um, when she passed in, in April I and mean, I gave myself like a month and then I got kittens and this was, so nowadays when you, when you adopt kittens, they only let you adopt them in pairs. Oh really? Yes. Because f- most places like, yeah. yeah, like, because th- there's something, ki- a lonely kitten syndrome or something oh, that they don't socialize as well. And I've ever heard. <laughs> I know. I like, well, Lola was uh, like, did, Lola turned out great, but yeah. like some cats develop, um, behavioral problems because they don't have another cat to like, like, so they'll scratch you way harder than, you know, yeah. or they, they don't realize that biting hurts, you know? Yeah. So, so when, Anyway, so they, they make a point of not letting you adopt a single cat. And mm-hmm. I was like really nervous about getting two. I was like, you know, hmm. um, introducing it. I'm very particular about my environment and introducing anything new. I mean, obviously, I, I mean, I'm yeah. the feng shui lady. So, so I'm like, oh my God, it's a lot of energy, two yeah. of them. And they're yeah. kittens. And, um, and I was going to get, um, oh, I don't know if I should share the story, but I was going to get two girls and I did at first and one of them, she was calico and she was beautiful. She was just, she went to the bathroom everywhere. Mm. She knew about the litter, yeah. but she just refused. She pooped and peed on my bed. Like in, it was a weird thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, cats are normally fastidious. And if they know where the, but she just, I don't know, something was off. Mm-hmm. And also she was really kin- kinetic energy. Um, like just like 
she was, she wanted to destroy things. I don't know. Like she was just very, and I was just like feeling anxious and whatnot. And you have like a certain amount of grace period. And so I, I was in communication with her foster mom the whole time. And she, um, she's like, well, I'm like, what if I just kept, you know, sweet pea, which now her name is Mila. I changed the name a few. Mm-hmm. The, I, you have to yeah. get the vibe. Yeah. But um, but in any case, um, I couldn't just keep one. So she took them back. And I was just so sad and devastated and felt like such a failure. And then um, I was going to just adopt an older cat, single cat. like Because you can do that with mm-hmm. older cats. They'll let you adopt one if they're older. Because some cats are not are antisocial or whatever. Or, you yeah. know. So I was about to adopt this other cat. And she reaches out to me. And she's like, well, I can, you know, how do you feel about um, getting Mila? That's her name now. And um, her friend Truffle. And now his name is Merlin. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Mila and Merlin. Mila and Merlin. So and she's like, she had two black cats that it's really hard to adopt out black kittens for whatever people are superstitious. So she's like, it fell through. There were t- the, the, he, he was supposed to be adopted out with this other little black cat um, who was a brother to um, Peaches and Pear. And these, there's a lot of different yeah. names here and most so, of them kept changing. Yeah. But anyway, so, so she basically said, you know, I'll give you... Mila, if you take Truffle, who is now Merlin. And I said, fine. Let me see. First, I had to meet this other cat. And I went over to meet this other cat. And this cat had been so traumatized that she was like, like, she was just, I was like, oh, I I can't do this either. And she, it was another calico. And my friend was telling me that calicos have a very specific, they're, they're, I don't know. I had a tuxedo cat before Mm -hmm. and they're just really sweet and agreeable and just zen. Yeah. And calicos... Not so much. <laughs> just not for you. It's just, just a kinetic energy that made me feel like, okay, no, no, okay, where, what are you doing? Where are yeah. you going? No, we don't scratch a scratch, cat scratcher. You know, like, I was just like, anyway. Nobody wants to live like that. And please don't <laughs> shit on the bed. Like, why? Um, so I mean, cats are, like, territorial, too, you know? I remember when my mom had, like, a white Persian cat that she was obsessed with. Her name was Perla. I mean, she had a leash for this. Like, she would take it to the coffee shop. And she's like, why not everyone else brings their dogs to the coffee shop? I will bring my I think that's great. And like every morning, like we would watch my mom caretaking for this animal and we'd be like, what is this? She's like so maternal, so sweet. It's like a morning face massage. She like would stretch her legs for her, like brush her out. This was like, "Uh, can you make us like some breakfast or a coffee over here? Interesting. (laughs) She was like a love affair with her cat. But it was so cute. Yeah. But then my younger brother moved back home after he had moved. He was living in Shanghai for a few years after college and he had just come home. So he had never even met Perla. Perla. And this cat insisted, like, she would pee all over everything that Anton owned. Everything. All of his clothes, his bed. It was, like, so fiercely territorial that they had to rehome her with a very close friend. Yeah. Because they were like, we can't go on like this. And she had never, she was an angel before that. So she just did not like him being in that house. So, so these dynamics are really important and with pets and I, and I, I can even get about, get into pet feng shui, it's a bit, but before I get there to, to make a long story short, 
I didn't want to boycott to begin with and, and whatever, but I wanted to, you know, I was like, fine, yeah. I'll just do it. And when I picked up, I drove all the way to Granada. I had driven all the way to Eagle Rock to get this other cat and met, I met the cat. I was like, maybe meet the cats first this time, yeah. you know, before you just like take them sight unseen. Um, and I met this cat and she, the older cat and that wasn't going to work. So then, um, I, I called her, I was like, I'm coming over, coming to get them. And he was so delighted. And, and friends have told me, boy cats, yeah. like, obsess over you. I'm mm. like, he is so in love with me. <laughs> and I think I did not realize I needed some male energy in my life. Yeah. And so him and... So, so the yin and the yang. They balance. Yeah. And, um And they love each other. This is, like, romantic love. So, um, you know, <laughs> in the yin and... I'm just saying. It's cute. And it's really cute. And he's, he's just... He is... No one is more excited to see me in my life than this cat. Like I open the so door sweet. and he's just run, he's like he's like a dog he a little bit. Over. That's so cute. I think Pip is a cat and you think Merlin is a dog. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Uh, I know I have I mean, whatever I'm obsessed with Pip and Barkley. If they could be guests on this podcast. I know. <laughs> Next time we, we need to bring the dogs on or the kittens. Someone can just follow me. I talked out loud. I mean, I talk to myself all the time. I think maybe it's a product of one, it helps me focus to hear it out loud. And two, I'm just alone most of the time. Like now, I guess Chad works from home, but even still, he's in this office. Um, and so I'm like wandering the house or doing stuff by myself. So I talk to myself. So now having the dogs, at least I you feel like can, I'm yeah, talking you have a to conversation someone, with them. Yes. But our conversations are nonsense. And then I'm always in the back of my it's mind, I'm like, emotion. if someone could hear me. <laughs> It's pure like, emotion. What they, is that voice? What are these words that you're saying? Like, I have 85 names for each of the dogs that have nothing to do with their names. Like, they're probably so confused themselves. They're like, whatever, this crazy lady, but she gives us treats. So. But it's the warmth <laughs> and happiness around. and, the, and the, the, that joyful yeah. chi, that playful energy. Oh, yeah. They're so cute. It, it really does activate the home, too. Like, I can get all into it. And there's two different guas that are rep- represented um, for your pets. The children and creativity mm-hmm. and family, because they become yeah. family too so, so yeah but they activate all of your guas and people probably are like what are guas um guas are energetic centers in the home and there's nine of them in something called the bagua which is the energy map in feng shui and you've got every area of life represented and i have a free bagua on my um in my website well in my link tree so which is also in my uh Instagram. Instagram and website. We'll link to that also in the show notes. People yeah. can find it easily. But. but you can download a free Bagua map. But the areas of life, I mean, I'm not kidding. It's every area. Career, travel and helpful people, skills and knowledge, family, uh, health, health uh, fame and reputation, love and relationships, and prosperity and money. I think I covered them all. Did I miss anything? It wasn't count, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it's it's, it's like every, every area of your life is represented. Travel and helpful people. Travel and helpful people. I might've missed that one. Yeah. And that's, um, also travel and helpful people is also spiritual, um, guides as Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. So travel and helpful people could be Jesus or the Buddha or Mary Magdalene or Mm -hmm. Quan Lin, you know, like spirit guides, whatever you or literal yeah. travel and helpful. It can also yeah. be your plumber and your lawyer and your yeah. doctor. Um, those are helpful people in our lives. So, yeah. yeah. Love that. Um, one of the questions we ask everybody on the show mm-hmm. is um, if there is a word or a phrase 
that comes to mind that is something that you feel like is either a central theme for you right now or something that you're working on in your life or something you want to cultivate even in your life? My word right now for this time in my life is joy. Just trying to shift away from a productivity and achievement mindset to more of a joyful existence mindset and having a general awareness as I go through my days, which now that I'm saying it out loud, if I had had this conversation with myself earlier, maybe (laughs) I wouldn't have been in such a foul mood. There you go. Because I was overwhelmed by focusing on productivity. The minutia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Mine would be purpose right now. Um, Why am I here? What's my work in the world? And not just work in the world, but like what I want, my gifts, what I want to share with people. And that's something I'm really cultivating right now. And Mm. it's really, um, you know, and we talked, we've talked privately of of my plant medicine experiences, but like it's driven not just from like ego or whatever, but from a place of like what my work is in the world and, and, and how I want to share, you know, the beauty of feng shui with people. Like I see all these great organizational shows, but there's no shows about feng shui. And I can't believe there's no shows about feng shui because it's so empowering. Yeah. Like to teach people these manifesting tools. And sometimes it's like the simplest little tweak. Yeah. You'd be surprised. It's like that changes people's lives completely. I mean, I also find it to just be like infinitely interesting. And there's so many feng shui cures as they're called that I mean it's absolutely a tv show that I would watch because I feel like I would just learn so much too yeah but like some like you're saying that some of the things are just like really interesting yeah and all of them are like anyone can do it Unless you're getting into the really wild, uh, sure. but you're not practicing the but other I, forms I do, of feng shui. I but do yeah. transcendental cures too, though, yeah. um, and I do space clearing and ser- I mean, like I, I, I cover all the bases. Yeah. <laughs> um, but sometimes it's it's you don't have to have some big grand ceremony. Sometimes it's just like. <sighs> A little tiny shift. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, here's a story. I'll share a story. This is actually a friend of mine. I happen to go to her. I have pl- tons of client stories, but this one is just funny because like, you know, I wasn't there to do a job. I just couldn't help myself. Like mm-hmm. my feng shui eyes are always on. And I went to her home for the first time and um, I had to go to the restroom and we're going to have some wine. And so I go to the restroom and I, as I'm, you know, heading there and going in, I'm like, oh, this is her love gua. And, um, it's painted this really dark kind of like brownish color. Mm-hmm. And she had this picture of this sullen woman alone. And <laughs> it was just, and it's a bathroom. It's just like, I mean, the symbolism of your, hole. it was yeah. dark and sort of depressing, yeah. quite honestly. Well, and, and bathrooms are also like an energetic Yeah, the stuff. chi, yeah. the toilet chi. So there's, there's again, cures for that. You can hang yeah. a crystal over the toilet. You always want to keep your toilet closed, people. Plus, it's more sanitary. Every time you flush, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. like, going, like, don't flush I your toilet until you close the toilet. Every house oh I go into. Oh my god, it makes me crazy. I can't yeah. even believe it's not standard operating procedure. It should just go back down automatically. <laughs> but um, anyway, it's one of the things that makes my head yeah. explode. Uh, and it's so simple. But in any case, so I came out of the bathroom and she has a glass of wine for me. And I was just like, can not help myself? And I was like, so... You know, can we repaint your bathroom and change the art? <laughs> and it was just like, your bathroom's your love gua. She's like, 
Big surprise. Yeah, I bet it is. You know, and yeah. I was like, so tell me about your love life since you've lived here. It's like zero, nothing. Like, and this is a yeah. beautiful girl. So I'm like, that's crazy. And so I was like, you know, like some simple things. You, she's like, what can I do? And, and I said, some simple things you could do is like change that art, get something romantic, like something aspirational, romantic, um, that shows two people together in a, some kind of loving embrace or situation. Uh, and, you know, also that's so fun in a bathroom. Room. Like, I feel like you can get very sexy in a bathroom yeah. with the artwork, you I know? Think, I think a bathroom like should a be like a fucking spa. Excuse my language. Of, yeah. but, but I don't understand why people don't take more pride in bathrooms because, um, yeah. you know, it's it's a self-care room as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. It should be like a spa. I love the bathroom house. Uh, and, you know, there's there's so many different little cures and things that you can do to, to, to activate the best of your bathroom. So anyway, um, she immediately replaced that piece of art and she got this picture of this man proposing to this woman. Mm-hmm. And the next day... In a bathroom. In a bathroom, <laughs> yeah, because why not? And then, she, so she was, she, the next day, she matched with someone on, I think it was Tinder. Uh-huh. And on their first date, they were already talking about, like, marriage and whether they wanted oh to have gosh. kids. And, like, and I'm not saying... That relationship didn't, like, last, but yeah. she changed her energy around relationships. Yeah. And around romance and the, and, and the energy in that room. And it was that quick. Um, I have so many, I have a client story I can show. Just one more story. Cause this one's sort of funny. Um, so I went to this actress's home and she, again, like I think mentioned earlier, it's not just about how nice the home is, how clean it is, how decorated it is. It's also about context and curation, which is what I focus on your story, where something is, what the context is. Um, and those energetic centers that I referred to earlier in the Bagua are a big part of this. So in her particular home, she had her love gua in her living room and in her living room, she had a bar cart in the exact love gua corner of that room. Mm. And so for me, much like the desk that was in my career gua, uh, that was in my love gua and which was poorly placed because then my career became my primary relationship, that bar cart was inappropriately placed in her love gua because it represents perhaps that alcohol or substances are playing too big a role in your romantic life and you're not seeing things clearly. Mm -hmm. Um, And... So I just said, you know, this is perhaps not the best place for this bar cart and because alcohol and romance may not be the best combination. Um, So she stopped and looked at me and she was like, oh, my God, my last three boyfriends have been raging alcoholics. And you better believe she moved that bar cart. And I'm telling you, her life changed. She met the love of her life. They're married to this day, two beautiful children. And I actually reached out to her cause I'm working on some things and I, I needed a, um, a client testimonial. And I was like, God, that's a great story, but I need to get her permission mm-hmm. to share it. And, um, I was like, Hey, do you remember me? I did feng shui for you 10 years ago. And, um, and she's like, yes. And I tell that story all the time. And I was like, so, so touched. Sweet. And she's like, I'm married. I'm, you know, and I was like, and, and, you know, cause I just remember the, the bar cart thing and the alcoholics, but I didn't know how it played out. Yeah. I reached out to her just to, I was like, so, and she's like, it played out great. 
Like amazing. And so it's just nice. like, just that, that's a small tweak. Moving the bar cart, changing the piece of art yeah. in the bathroom. You can change your life with little things. And so many times I feel like you can do that with things you already own. It doesn't need to be like going out oh, yeah. and shopping and all for she things. Did was, it's just was the placement of bar stuff carts that you have. Wheels, yeah, you know? exactly. A shift, a little shift. Put it somewhere else. Put it in your like entertaining or it's creativity about curating area somewhere else. what you already have. Sometimes you can introduce something new like a plant or a crystal or whatever, but yeah. largely it's just curating what you have and just placing it contextually in the right place. Like you could have a beautiful romantic piece of art, but it's in your career gua. And unless you're like a matchmaker, it's not yeah. doing you that much good. It could be so much better placed in your love gua. And the other thing about guas is that it's not just, there's a, an area of your home that represents your love life, but then each individual room, we mm-hmm. apply the bagua to as well. So there, your bedroom has a love gua and a career gua and a health gua and a fame, you know, all the guas are represented in every individual room based on the entrance of the room. And there's the paradox of the gua as a whole, for the home as a whole. And sometimes like my prosperity gua of my home is in the love gua of my bedroom. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so there's paradox. I'm like, what do I emphasize more? I'm like, both, you know, like maybe I just yeah. marry really well. And I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's for the people who are having a heart, it's easy for me to visualize what you're saying, but if you, the bagua, the map of the energies looks like a tic-tac-toe board. Yes. So it has nine, it has three squares across the top by three squares down, right? Yes. And so this is why it's ideal to live in a home that would be square rectangularly shaped because it's very easy to just place this grid of nine squares over the floor plan, the floor plan of your home. But a more accurate reflection of that would be, it's actually like a Sudoku board where you have nine primary squares, Mm -hmm. but there's another subset of nine tiny squares inside each one. Yeah, but that it's so hard for people to visualize that way. That's why I said just go, like, just apply it to each individual room, particularly your bedroom. Your bedroom is like a microcosm of your whole life. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just think, like, if you're going to start anywhere, start there or in the entryway because that's the mouth of chi where Mm -hmm. all your blessings find you. Um, I think that's a good area as well to, like, focus on. I mean, all the areas are important, but, like, your bedroom and where you sleep and make love like the, the, if you can't renew there you know um if you can't get that right yeah what's the point it's big <laughs> on my list to fix our entryway it's during construction all the concrete it looks is like, great really oh my gosh all the stairs are crooked like the oh i just I meant, like this oh well i just meant and the doors the and the aesthetic and the, uh, the approach oh uh, well thank you yeah. i know that the tiles are broken on the actual porch itself which i'm like nope they're also, they got like splattered with like the stucco when we had to redo the outside um, of the house. So the color is not, it's just, it enough. looks like a construction zone and the doors are not finished. It it's does unsealed not look like a construction right zone. I mean, like you're being very hypercritical. I'm yeah. sure there's details that could be refined, but it looks very nice. Well, thank you. I mean, the door truly, it's like, it's raw wood. It's not even like painted or sealed. I guess yet. I kind of like that. Yeah. The raw I look at always what's coming next, and yeah. I know that it's going to be a hot summer, and raw paint untreated wood? wood will crack. What color it will crack are you going to do? <laughs> so I'm like, I don't want problems. <laughs> I want this to stay forever. The outside will be darker, almost like the trim color of the house, okay. and the inside will be a little bit lighter than the floor. But are you going to do a color on the doors? Because color in your entryway is, can be very powerful. Like if you did red doors, for instance, or even no, the color yellow. will be the same color as the trim outside. It's okay. like a chocolatey brown. Fair enough. 
I'm just saying there's there's some really amazing chi that you could activate with yeah. a, whether it's a red door is a red door is really powerful black <laughs> door can be you know but anyway yeah. we could talk about it later we'll do red underneath it <laughs> <laughs> no i'm totally up for judging up that whole space but maybe with like decor yeah and not necessarily yeah you can do other with, accents yeah, to, to activate that i mean a wind chime is such a simple thing a really mm-hmm. beautiful welcome mat you know i always yeah. find it one of the other things that makes my head explode is when you go to someone's house and they have one of those snarky welcome mats yeah. and it's like, like go, go away. away i'm like you're basically telling your your blessings to fuck off yeah. like why would you do that it's, it's, it's like the worst yeah. thing you could do like again that's a that human luck like your energy yeah. i'm like your energy is so funny i know the front door is literally where opportunity comes mouth into of your chi. Home. like yeah. the mouth of 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 energy and chi and blessings that's how it yeah. enters if if you have issues with your front door you have issues with with things good things coming to you yeah See, yeah this is why i want to seal that front door i don't want future issues Alrighty then. <laughs> i don't want things cracking and warping i want them to stay pristine forever or until we sell this house yes uh what so in form school we're in the back left corner of the house what room would this be what's the squaw uh this is prosperity yeah, that's fun makes sense it's chad's office <laughs> yeah this is the money honey is that yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah nice this it's is very healthy he too gets, uh, chad doesn't like plants we have so many fun conversations. never know it because there's plant three yeah. of them in well, here. I wonder who decorates in this house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, no, he didn't. When we first started dating, I saw his apartment and it was nice. It was very, it was like modern. It was clean. Sure. But it was sparse. And there was Yay. like, you know, there was a couch, but like no throw pillows, no throw blanket. There was no art on the walls. There right. was zero plants, no family photos, like nothing. No yin. It was very utilitarian. Mm-hmm. And the whole building was like modern square and like inside it was like dark. It was, yeah, it was like yeah. a true bachelor. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, but he had two small kids living there. His kids were like, you know, one, they were turning two and four. Right. And, but you just couldn't really tell, you know? Yeah. And so once we were more serious and he was like, okay, you can, he gave me basically a budget to like help him redecorate his place. And I was like, challenge accepted. I was like, we we're buying all the soft things like photo frames, throw blankets, artwork, plants, 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 plants everywhere. And he's like, I hate plants. Area rugs. I was like, to, who hates plants? Yeah. This can't be a thing. I was like, they're literally good for you. They're good for the planet. It's like, you should thank them every day for the oxygen that you get to breathe and for cleaning the air in your home. And so he didn't say anything about it again. But for the longest time, I've had this money tree since it was a baby money tree. And I've always had it in his office. Yeah. And I took it out for something. And immediately he's like, where's my money tree? (laughs) Bring it back. I was like, oh, so you're learning to love them as your plant friends. Yeah, (laughs) your plant allies. Yeah, it's so good. So I tried to sprinkle in as many... um, well, this clearly turns out I hide his less attractive things on the top so that they don't make Beauties. it into photographs. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyway, uh, back to finding purpose. Yeah. Is there something that you're doing specifically that is like helping you <laughs> on this path? Um, you know, some of the inspiration came while doing some the plant medicine, but it was already there. I just didn't quite, I needed that push of like to 
maybe like really take that risk and really put myself out there. So you feel like you know what your purpose is. You're just fine tuning or like exploring. Now I'm just, I'm just gung ho and and doing all the things to make it happen that, that might seem, you know, like a little out there, but they're working out so far. And I just think a lot of it is just my attitude. Like, well, why wouldn't I have an agent and why wouldn't I have a telemanager? (laughs) You know, and why wouldn't I be working with a producer to sell a show? Like, yeah. Um, and in the past I have been approached by producers to create, to be in a show, to, to be a feng shui expert in a show, but I didn't have agency over the nature of the show. Mm-hmm. And those situations didn't work out. Thank God. Because when I found out what the format of the, the show would have been, yeah, it, it was nothing like what I do. It did not reflect. So now I have agency over it and I decided, well, if anyone's going to create a show, it should about feng shui it should be a feng shui consultant who creates the format that's authentic to how i work with clients and what feng shui actually is um and so now i'm just going out there and pitching shows you know and i'm going into knock on wood is there wood the floor the floor yeah okay Um, a lot of metal in here. Yeah, and I'm working with TDN right now, which is the design network. Um, and I'm not just sure exactly what, you know, we're going to go into development probably in July. Um, and, you know, but I'm also working on selling a couple of series that I have um, that I have created um, with different angles on feng shui. And I'm refining that. And, and I just really believe there should be a show about this topic. And yeah, that I it would be... Impact and you know shows like the Home Edit and um, Marie Kondo's tidying up have done so well. Mm-hmm. So people are open and hungry for this type of information, and I mean, this is next level. About homes, I yeah. think, has just always done HGTV selling really sunset. Well. You know, like all yeah. these like shows. I mean, even like Fixer Upper, and now like Magnolia has its own whole network. Like it's Absolutely. obviously a booming industry. I think for me personally, I mean, I love the home redecorating shows. I would totally watch a show on feng shui. And mine would have a side of woo. It wouldn't just be redecorating or organizing. There would be an aspect of intention and um, manifestation to it. But it's also like, it is an earth science. It's not that woo. You know, like people think it's so weird. And there's transcendental cures that maybe you could be like, oh, well, you lit a candle and you set a prayer and you burn some stuff and whatever. Like, yeah, maybe we do some of that but that's not the whole story so a lot of it is just context storyboarding mm-hmm. and it's um feeding your subconscious mind as much as it is the energies in the environment i mean there's it works on several different layers you don't even have to believe in it but it works on several different layers and the one layer i think that anyone even if they're not into energy and woo and whatever can deal you know really like connect with is the visual cues and what they're feeding your subconscious mind and how Mm -hmm. that becomes your story. And that's why me coming in and helping you storyboard and curate it contextually with the way the energies are flowing, uh, is really super powerful. And and I think people are ready, you know, I want to make it fun. Yeah. I totally agree with you. I don't think that people need to, well, first I agree. It's not something that people really can believe in or not believe in. It just is something. But I get that. I do get people that are like, oh, it's a spiritual thing or it's like, like, it can be, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can make it whatever you want, but the same way you can't choose to believe whether or not energy is real. It just simply is something that exists. Everything is energy, baby. What you believe you can do with that energy is certainly up to you. 
Uh, but it's the same for feng shui. I think it's almost more interesting when it's people who are not expecting a result who, you know, get to see the rewards of just interacting with your environment in a different way. And it's the same, like in organizing, you know, we tell people, especially it comes up a lot with closets, I guess. Like what oh, even story? what's unseen is, is do, something's happening with what's unseen. Oh, we don't care. It's under the bed or it's in the closet. Like, no, it matters too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the things that you're hiding are still physical energy that are existing within your home. Absolutely. Uh, and same thing with storage units. That's the same. But I was going to say with closets, it's you know very common that we have people who hire us and they don't love getting dressed in the morning. Mm. And it's because like as we start going through their clothing one by one, it's like, oh, well, that's my those are my skinny jeans. That's the outfit I'm going to wear when I lose 20 pounds. That's, you know, I used to be able to fit into that. And it's like over and over and over again, the story of my body, the way it is today is not good enough. And I'm waiting until it's something better before I reward myself with something that fits me or that I enjoy wearing. Right. And that's the piece that I think correlates so strongly to feng shui, where it's like, you are telling yourself this story subconsciously over and over every single time you walk into your closet. And what is that doing to you? Like, is that setting you off on your best foot for the day? Is it telling you you're like beautiful and strong and powerful and amazing? Mm. Or is it this like heavy, dark energy that is, you know, maybe more like shameful or like, it's not something that you're proud of. And so having those conversations with people where it's like, let's change the narrative to use your word so that this is a reflection of who you are today and that you deserve to have, you know, a beautiful wardrobe that's a reflective of the person that you are. And you can do that whether or not they choose to believe in the energy of it all or if they choose to believe in, you know, the feng shui of it. It's also like a matter of efficiency Mm -hmm. and, you know, being able to access the things that you look great in and that you would feel like, you know, super empowered to wear. I mean, I do this thing where I, I literally take pictures of outfits and I create, because I still, even though my closet's organized, I'll go in and I'm like, I don't know, like, nah, I need a visual. So I take pictures of all my outfits and I have albums. I have my dress album. I have date outfit. I mean, it, I, it's, it gets like granular. them and everything? Yes. Amazing. And, um, it's like, so I do fashion shows in my bedroom all the time, especially when I buy something new, I try it. Like if it's a new blouse, it's like, mm-hmm. what about with the skirt or these jeans or this, yeah. you know, whatever. And, um, you know, it can get a little bit much, but like it's, it makes it easier for me. I need visual cues. I think we all really respond well to visual cues. So yeah, Yeah. I have albums of outfits. I mean, I think this is why people want a capsule wardrobe. It's not so much that they want to own less because it's very rare that I meet people that want to own less, sadly. (laughs) Uh, It's because aesthetically they want this beautiful image in their closet that is like, You know, it starts with the light colors and slowly like fades through to the dark colors. That the thing that you don't realize is like most, most of the time, these images don't include anything that has a pattern. Mm -hmm. Everything is the same sleeve length. Like it's photographed to make your brain fall in love with this image. It's not reality. Right. Even like, I don't love patterns and you still go into my closet and you'll find something that has like a stripe on it or a floral print. Right. I love, clearly love a floral. Like flow so seamlessly from one color to the next. 
Uh, every time we're organizing closets, we're always like, ah, it's plaid. What do you do with the plaid? (laughs) Like, where does it fall on this spectrum? (laughs) I, I find it fun though, but I do think it helps a lot of people to like have preconceived outfits that are like, oh, this is a no brainer. Like this is my interview outfit or this is my hot date outfit or whatever. for sure. You know. Man, I used to have all of that. I, my wardrobe used to be very different than what it is now. But I made a conscious... I mean, I went to... Even when I was in hospitals, the hospital I worked at was quite fancy, at least on our department. And everybody always dressed, like, so chic. That's Like, fun. very professional. Like, every day was like... It was like the cast of suits, you oh know? Oh, my God. Everyone was in, like, a kitten heel, a pencil skirt, and, like, a silk blouse. Gotcha. Uh, but people who want to learn more about what you do or book a session with you, they can go to narrative space feng shui, which will be in the notes. Yes. Or also My on Instagram, tree. it's at narrative feng shui, narrative space feng shui. Yes. Um, um, and you have a lot of free resources, I know. I do. If you guys click on my link tree, which is probably the best, like, and it's on my website, but it's also on my Instagram and Facebook and all that. Uh, the link tree has a free Bagua map that you can download. There's articles. I've written articles about, like, you know, my top 10 tips for moving, um, you know, how to select a home, uh, how to invite love into your life, bedroom function. Like there's so many free resources on there. Um, Also podcast interviews and articles and all the things um, that I I think, you know, people can uh, benefit from. It's so good. Well, thank you again so much for being our guest. Yes. And one other thing, there's also a scheduler on there. So if you do want to work with me, you can uh, reach out that way. And my pricing is transparent and it's all there. Wonderful. Well, thank you. 